Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. Uh, I am Ben, media wizard at the 267 project, joined by a gremlin, Mike Palin, and also Ben Nichols, Ellie, Louise Jones. Sorry I didn't full name you, Ellie. I don't know why you got so full name. Do you guys want to intro yourself? Say who you are? How you doing? How's life? Well, I am Catelyn, if you want to know my surname. I work for the 267 Project. And seeing as the topic that we're talking about, I've been single now for three years. And I have a cat that really annoys me. And I think, yeah, that will start it off. Like to go, Ben? And then I'll uh, go. Sure. <laughs> sure Leadership. Leadership. <laughs> Delegation. Delegation. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ben. Um, Mike calls me skinny jeans a lot, um, which is okay. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> I'm a youth worker in London, um, and um, I am really enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. So I'm Louise. Um, I went to everything to seven when I was a teenager. <laughs> up. <laughs> um, and now I work in... Birmingham in a little patch called Winston Green for a charity up here. Um, yeah, don't really know how else to summarise my life in 10 <laughs> seconds. Uh, yeah, you've got an amazing family. Got an amazing family, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anybody else's families as much, but you have got an <laughs> I do have an amazing family. It would have been uh, weird if she had a bled with that, though, just like, hi, <laughs> my family is great. Uh, <laughs> didn't we have a series of podcasts where we basically just talked about Amy's hair yeah I did a podcast and then Charlotte oh. did a podcast the next time and we both basically said that we liked each other the best and left Amy out yeah. and then, <laughs> her hair. the only positive attribute of Amy was her hair it came out yeah but there are I just want to say she has hundreds <laughs> of great attributes <laughs> hundreds and yet yes. you could only think of hair yeah, <laughs> great hair, and all, even all those attributes are still not as good as Charlotte and Louise. But I mean, I don't want to say that's not true. I feel like I should. <laughs> need anyway. to meet them all in a room one day, uh, Ellie. They are a a wonder. The three Joneses. Um, is quite... Oh, oh, is this? Are we talking about all your family? Sorry, I got. Yeah, sorry. This is my okay. family. Okay. <laughs> yeah, three Jones sisters all came through the two six seven family. It was wonderful. Nice. Yeah. It's like, is it like the Jackson 5, but not the Liz? Yeah. Not quite as cool. We, yeah. We're not very cool, but and we've got a lot to say. <laughs> less controversial as well, so you know. Uh, I don't know yeah. pretty controversial. <laughs> Charlotte, <laughs> likes, Charlotte likes a debate, doesn't she? Loves a debate. Anyway. <laughs> Great. So today we're chatting about the joys of dating in the church and all that fun Ooh. stuff so for our only, allowed to, only allowed to date in the church Ben is that what I'm talking about <laughs> I said and such like uh, actually in a church <laughs> like in a church place <laughs> yes that is true those are the only good first dates um <laughs> but for our intro question we were going to talk about um totally throwing me um, <laughs> Uh, we were going to say, if you were a rom-com or rom-com character, if you can't be that creative, uh, which one would you be? Uh, and I think everyone has one ready. I don't mind going. So rom-com, though, let me just, just, just figure out. Is that not like a romantic comedy, or is it? It is. Or is it just 
because I was just thinking of a romantic film. Why it doesn't have to be a comedy. It, a romantic movie is fine. Very, I'm very happy to go first because I think they are my all-time favourite film. I think I know every film <laughs> ever made. If you made. talk for about 10 minutes, Louise, it'll give everyone a chance to think of one. <laughs> I literally could tell you about 25. I mean, wow. one's a really random number. Wow. I've like watched all of, like, if, if a film has, like, a pink background on Netflix, I'll okay. click on it and watch it. Um, <laughs> I think wow. It was very hard to choose a favourite one because I love them all. But no, I do. I have a really clear memory of being at a house party. Mm. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the other guys essentially started mocking me for liking rom-coms. And Louise Jones really came down on them. She... Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm not here for it when people say that they are a waste of space because they're not a waste of space and I love them very much. But I mean, having said that, every time I suggested a film for my film night with... <laughs> Johnny, he does get in, like, he says all my film choices are awful, and I always pick a rom-com, so, but maybe that's a gender thing, but maybe it's not a gender thing, because I know lots of people that like rom-coms that are guys, so, anyway, but my favourite rom-com that, well, I had to pick one that was about me, with, like, that, like, represented me, which is a hard thing to pick, but I pick About Time, because Ooh. I think it's just a great film, and it's not, like, I feel like quite a lot of rom-coms are quite trashy, so I wanted to pick up like a good quality one. I'm not saying that I'm good quality, but I'm also saying that I'm good quality. But it's, but it's like just a really like wholesome film. And it's like, I love that the, the outcome, well, the guy goes on this massive journey and basically at the end, he's like, we just need to savor every second of every day and enjoy mm -hmm. it and try and find the good, the good in every day. And it's fun and romantic and, and there's some time travel in it as well. So there's something for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. I, I enjoyed that movie a lot. However, I did find it creepy that he just repeatedly rewound time until a girl agreed to go on a date with him. Uh, there are some questionable scenes, like the time he repeatedly goes back in time in the bedroom. I mean, that's a questionable situation. But there's, um, I just think it's, it's very sweet. He's, mm. His heart is in the right place. He's not yeah. creepy. It's fine. Is the, is the equivalent, like when I was in youth group, I think other kids must have done this. If they haven't, I'm just going to embarrass myself. But you, you ask out every girl in youth group until one out of desperation says yes. It was that vibe, but it's just the yeah. same girl over and over again. Yeah, no, I... Just, I mm, but she's clearly keen, though, because in about time, he does ask her out and she does agree. But then because he has to travel back in time to help his friend, yeah. he then does not have her phone number anymore. So then yeah. he has to, he has to try and pursue her a few more times because like he keeps having to, to travel back in time and then he, ne he never has a phone number. So really, she's keen every time. It's not like he's being creepy. It's that he's 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 too good. He's helping other people. Oh, anyway, you need to watch the film. I think you'd enjoy it, Mike Palin. I actually think you would. It's quite wholesome. It is wholesome. I'm yeah. I'm less convinced by your IMDb review that you've just written there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm open. I do like a bit of time travel. Yeah. I'll go next one. I'm thinking. I'm not a big rom-com fan. I, I won't. I won't sort of make no bones about that. Um, but I have to say, watching a film with Kirsty, if Kirsty's laughing out loud, that makes me very happy. And the one film that makes her laugh out loud without fail every time is The Proposal. Oh, great mm. film! With, yeah. with right, because Sandra Bullock, pretty much in everything, is funny as you like 
And then Ryan Reynolds in everything he is, he's very funny. So you put them together. And just the premise of that is actually, I quite like the sort of, the sort of he's sort of a bit of an underdog. And yet everyone can find love, even a yeah. cow like Sandra Bullock, you know. Uh, yeah, and it's, it is hilarious. It is very funny. It's a great yeah. film. Great choice. Yeah. Thanks. I, I only ever watched that for the first time, like, last month. What? Wow. Yeah. I think I've watched that over 20 times. Yeah, I think we wow. probably have as well. Yeah. Kirsty will literally be unable to breathe in the scene where they run out of the bathroom and naked slap each other. <laughs> and uh, where the eagle, eagle steals the dog <laughs> is also a very popular scene. Oh, yeah, out of, out of context, that's such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I said the proposal first. It, it's yeah. just, I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah let's not go there. Someone, someone's listening to this, not what, not watched it. And like, what is this movie? <laughs> no. I think it probably. I don't know if it's. A, it's not fifteen, is it? I don't know. Probably not. It's a rom com. Is it? Wow. Uh, Ellie. Um. So I don't think this is a comedy, but the uh, the first one that came to mind, which is like the most obvious. Because I don't really watch, I'm not really a romantic person, and a lot of films, romantic comedies, I don't really know them off the top of my head. But mine would be The Notebook, because I feel mm. like that sums up, in terms of like commitment and just, you know, they both end up going having their own lives, but they still were kind of committed to each other. And then when they came back, it was like nothing had kind of changed. I feel like that's the kind of thing that I would want to have in my own mm. love life um, and then even when they're really old like he's still pursuing her and still like mm. yeah so that's I feel that was really deep and like not funny but that's the first <laughs> nice. pick that's fine. Right. I, haven't, I haven't seen the notebook it's, ne- it's good it is, it's quite soppy and I'm not a it is quite person. soppy but it yeah. is nice <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. like it's traditional do you know what I mean it's just uh, I was I'm really stuck because I also don't like rom coms, and the one the one rom com that I like, um, Louise chose. Um, oh, was it about time? It is about time. Yeah, and I thought up a really good joke about it as well. So I was like, oh, uh, I think you, <laughs> should, you can like, still say the joke yeah. then. About, about times, about times, my favourite would represent me because when people see me, they go, "Oh, about time." Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's why it represents me. That was made better I by you that. setting it up as a really good joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was clever. It's a great film, isn't it, Ben? Uh, it, Mike, it, as someone who hates rom-coms, it is genuinely a really, really lovely movie. Cool. I'm still not going to watch it. I think my, my issue with him, I, it needs to be worth my time. It will be. Nothing you it two have said. Yeah, it's got. It's got <laughs> is it got Bruce Willis and does stuff blow up? Uh, no, it's got Margaret Robbie in it. Yeah, she's not my. <laughs> <laughs> is that the wife in it then, Margaret? Uh, no, no. no. Or is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I've seen it, but obviously it wasn't good enough for me to remember it. It's, it's got the ginger guy in it as well. He's in the new Star Wars stuff. I can't remember his name, but he's brilliant. He is. He's funny. It's yeah. great, Mike. Please watch it. Okay, it's I'll watch it. And it's, very, it's British. Yeah, Johnny liked it. <laughs> well, that's it then, I'm told. <laughs> Send me a voice note and I'll include Mike's like one minute audio review of yeah. about time at the end of the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um, see, Kirsty is my, as long as people don't die, she's all right with romantic stuff. I, oh, I, right. I watched Up with her. 
and she never oh, I remember this. She never forgave me. And still hasn't. Wow. I don't wow. know if you should watch About Time then. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, that's, there, there, that's there was a few sad bits in it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to watch it on my own. It's like, yeah. Anyway, Ben, uh, take us I'm take a... us out of Harbour of Womcomville. Okay. No, let's stay in the harbour. I know it was my own question, <laughs> but it took me a while because I've seen quite a lot of good rom-coms. Yeah, well done. Um, <laughs> I was going to go for, but have now moved away from because we've already gone with the time travel based rom-com, The Time Traveler's Wife. Also a great movie. Mm. Uh, however, we're now going to go with Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is an absolute classic. I uh, love this. Yeah. But I know a I lot think, of people that hate it. I love it a lot. And I think the tone of it suits me. It's kind of like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It enjoys love, but it's absolutely terrible at it. Uh, you know, just, it sums me up well. <laughs> I forgot about those ones because that's the whole Notting Hill love actually uh, genre, isn't it? Yeah, that's and they are, I think that's where you get the comedy is as strong as the rom. Well, that's mm. how we sell you Sometimes. on About Time then, because that's yeah, all that's what About Time is. Yeah, because my it's worry is if, if there's too much rom and not enough com, I won't watch it. So. Yeah. Get it, Ben. Excellent question. See, people can ask that with each other, and then you create this amazing discussion mm, wow. about how bad some people's taste in films is. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we did it. Congrats, guys. So, <laughs> as previously stated, we're going to be chatting about dating and all that great fun stuff. Uh, we thought we'd start off chatting, and once again, we've prepped our guests with some questions because. I feel like it's one of those topics that just someone's going to end up saying something they regret if they haven't been prepped with it. <laughs> you know, someone, a name's going to come out, a deep regret, you know. Um, so, I think we'll start off with, should we start off with dating non-Christians? I thought yeah, that's let's, a good let's concept. Let's go for the jugular. Let's, let's go, go in deep. Start off strong. Do we want to just go around and do the fun of where do you stand? Or do yeah, you to... let's do it. Yeah. Oh, Mikey, start. Let's get some hot takes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, so, so two, two theories is, um, is there a difference? This is my working it through, okay? Is there a difference between someone that's a Christian and someone that's coming to youth group? Okay. So, you know, if okay. one of your young people had someone that was coming to youth group, somebody else that's come to youth group as a friend and they weren't Christian yet, um, but they started dating. I think that's a very different thing than somebody in your youth group who was dating someone that had no, the Venn, the Venn diagram, there was no crossing between faith and them. I would always encourage Christians not to do it. I think it's too much of a battle. Because dating's hard enough as it is with Christians. And I think if they don't get the most important thing in your life and are on board with it, it's just too hard. Yeah. That's me. For me, I mean, I personally, because I remember specifically, I've been a Christian for like four years now, and I think about a year into it, I was like, God, how do you expect me to not be with someone that's not a Christian? Because obviously mm. that's what I was always used to. And then I think after that prayer, if you want to call it a prayer, it didn't take long for me to realise, oh my goodness, God, how do you expect me to be with someone that 
isn't a Christian. And I think it just all comes down to where you are personally with God, because I have friends that are Christians that are with non-Christians. And when we talk about it, you know, I'll say to them, again, my personal, I, 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 can't, I couldn't imagine being with someone that I couldn't pray with, or, you mm. know, if I went really wrong and for that person to, you know, just take everything to God and lead me in the way that I would need to go. Um, but also just being, I, I think to have a friend that's with a non-Christian is to just let them know, you know, it's your choice. These are the things that could go wrong, but yeah, yeah it's just, it depends on their own personal place where they're at, where they're at with God, I suppose. Yeah. It's really hard because you get, the more you talk to people in church, you have so many adults where they're fully committed to church and their husband, wife, partner isn't a Christian. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a much more normal conversation. Yeah? And you wouldn't ever say to them, oh, why are you still married? Why don't you divorce them? Because, you know, it's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. So it's a very different conversation when you say to people when they're sort of 16, 17, actually, I think you, if mm. you haven't made that decision yet. I think you need to put weigh this up because it is really hard. But it's weird when you're an adult. It's a slightly different conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Louise, Ben? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've got a lot, yeah, I've got lots of thoughts about it because I think, um, general, like, growing up, I would always absolutely be like, I only want to be with a Christian because I don't understand the, because um, if you're not with a Christian, there is that whole, like, sadness of then they can't, they don't understand, like, the most important thing in your life. And I think that's huge. Um, but then I think just having had friendships with people that are non-Christian and being able to have really deep friendships with those people as a student, um, I guess that kind of black and whiteness kind of blurred a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think for me, it's not about what you allowed and not allowed to do. Like I think otherwise it just becomes this like a rule and you'd like see God as a God that just gets cross with you when you go out with an non-Christian. Or for some people it then becomes like, you just like to break the rule. Like, oh, well, I'm, if I'm not allowed to, I'm going to do it. Um, I think it's actually what's the most helpful for you like in that moment and I think um, like for me that like everything I do with my whole life is because I'm Christian like I live in a slightly crazy place doing crazy things and it might be like a bit challenging for someone that didn't have a faith to understand what I'm doing um, yeah. and doing of that. but then having said that like I do have a friend who is doing a similar thing to me and has a husband who's not Christian but completely grasps it and loves it and in my opinion, is more of a Christian than a lot of the Christians I know. So that's an example where I would potentially like push back slightly. Um, but I, yeah, I think in my own life, it's been a really important thing that I'm with someone that understands that. Um, because I think, I, I think it's just about being able to be your, the true version of yourself, like just being able to be really honest. And I love the fact that I can pray with my boyfriend and I can talk about my struggles, like faith struggles as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I guess I'm kind of a little bit potentially more relaxed about it. But um, yeah, I think in my own life, it's been a really helpful thing um, to be with someone that believes the same thing. I think you've just made the point, Louise, that sometimes when we make carte blanche rules for all people for all time, it can become, mm. it can become really unhelpful, isn't it? And yeah. so, so I think you do need, it's almost like a case by case basis, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because it depends who the other person is. It depends how strong your faith is, you know, it, yeah, that's mm. a really good point. Yeah, because yeah, I think there are some like there are some like even if you say I want to be with a Christian, 
there can be some Christians that have completely opposing views to you. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's not helpful. Like I think yeah. women can preach, but there could be some Christians that yeah, don't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think then I'd much rather be with a non-Christian that wants me to be empowered than to be with a Christian that doesn't. So I think there's, I think mm. there is gray areas, but, um, and you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think as Mike said, it's a case by case basis sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I think um, for me, there's the words you said, like supporting and empowering, like that's the defining thing for me is like, because, you know, I've dated a few people that, primarily non-Christian, and, and here are their names, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, but primarily I've dated people who aren't Christians, and like, mm. I've had mixed experiences with that, where there have been times that I've actually found it challenging, and that's been the reason it hasn't worked out, or I've had times where actually I felt that they've really supported my faith, and like, actually mm. helped grow it by being in that relationship, um, so I do think it is, that's the thing, it's whether the relationship supports your faith or not and i'm not sure that does rely on them always sharing the faith but some people may disagree mm. yeah um, i think like for me it's like something that i've always been quite keen on with with sharing with young people that i've worked with um and for my own like relationship journey um is just writing down or like verbalizing your like non-negotiables um, like in this relationship, what are some things that I will not compromise? Um, and if this person, um, if, if anything that I've written down, if this person compromises any of them, it's not right for me. Um, I guess like, that's quite helpful because it, it excludes the, the question of non-Christian or Christian. Um, whether is this going to compromise who I am um, and what I feel called to do? Um, and for me, like that has to be you know someone has to be a christian but someone else it might not be um so that's that's how i kind of see it compromise really it's really helpful because i was just thinking and i don't want to put anyone on the spot here at all but i wonder whether if you say the one of the one of the things you're not going to compromise on is how far you go physically i would say that christians are as bad sometimes with their physical boundaries yeah. as anybody else so in some in some ways that's that's not a helpful thing is it because you know, that's as much of a struggle for Christians as well. So that's, yeah, so you're right. So you can't say non-Christian Christian there because, yeah, I've had kids in my youth group, but also me as I was growing up and my Christian peers. That mm. was, there wasn't that compromise. It was like, no, you can do whatever you want, maybe, except X, Y, and Z. But, you know, yeah. I think what it comes down to as well, it's, it's all about submission and obedience. So, you know, I think, when talking to young kids it's like yeah you might think that you want things to be a certain way but actually what is God saying because the whole point of following God is to do what he says and yeah it's just you know it's it's just kind of doing but not out of because you have to do it obviously God wants us to be able to choose it but it's just a case of submitting our own desires and what we want and actually aligning it with what God wants and if God is saying to be with a Christian then he will lead you to the right person or lead that person to you and it's just like you might have to just wait yeah mm. yeah I remember um so when I so I work in like a neighborhood that lots of people 
would not like, but I love it. But I feel really cool to a life like this, um, to be in places like this. And I remember the kind of day where I just had a real cool, like, um, amazing time at church and this really amazing Holy Spirit account. And I was like, I want to spend my whole life doing stuff like this. Um, and I remember I went home and I wrote down on a piece of paper, like mm. almost like a sort of pact with God, like I want to do this and I, I don't want a relationship to ever get in the way of that. So either if that means that I stay single forever, then, then like, please mm. help me have the strength to do that. But if that means that there is someone out there that wants to do the same thing, or there are people like help me to get there. And I think that's, what is probably like more important than saying like I must find a Christian and spending your time trying to find a Christian I think just keep following your calling like what are you called to as an individual and either you'll find someone on the way that has that same calling or or you won't but I guess maybe that's a really hard thing to hear but um that's I found that really helpful for being like just following God and then um yeah, I mean, obviously, keep your eyes open for people on the way. Don't <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's maybe the wrestle that we face in a lot of things, isn't it? Is that we want to pursue God, but actually the noise of the world. Mm. Sometimes, and if you think of that, what is the noise in relationships? It's probably, if I'm not in a relationship, is there something wrong with me? Or, you know, I don't fit in. Because I remember mm. growing up in a church that it felt like the marriage you almost hit a new rite of passage when you were married. You were given more responsibility. You were different leaderships. And obviously that's, you know, we need to think about that as a whole church. But I wonder whether some of our decisions of whether to date or not are not based on whether it's right for us, but actually we don't want to feel left out or because so-and-so uh, yeah. has got a boyfriend or girlfriend, so therefore I must have one because they look happy, so that will make me happy. And yeah. I think that's, and that's like you were saying, you've both been saying, Ellie as well, about actually pursuing God isn't just a cliched sort of Christian t-shirt. It's saying, actually, what does God want for me, Mike Palin, not what does he want for me compared with everybody else? Mm. It's that not trying to be yeah. knocked off track uh, from where God's taken each of us individually. Mm. I think also, like, it's really important, like, that you don't view the relationship like when you get into one or if you get into one as the destination and where it ends like you continue like just pursuing god and i think that's where maybe um as a teenager i probably struggled because i was like i just need to get into a relationship or you'd be like i just want to like i'll be happy when i'm in a relationship but actually like the like the thing is is that we're like our whole lives are just about following jesus and that continues when you're in a relationship so actually like that is the goal like so where like like either um you do it just jesus and you or you do it in in partnership with someone else but like, like either way yeah, you're just yeah. jesus so i think that's probably um yeah like that's probably how i how i would view it i remember watching a sermon or just like a little clip of it and it's really really funny because the pastor was saying he's like because obviously he pastors people because he's a pastor and um, and he said in one room he has all the single people saying, oh, I just want to be married. And then in another room, he's got all the married people just saying, I just want to be single. <laughs> I think that like a lot of people, a lot of single people can use dating as a way of distracting themselves from what, what it is they really need to focus on because there is a time. I mean, not everyone is obviously guaranteed to get married. And I, like you were saying, Louise, like our main, our main goal is to just walk with Jesus and just spend that time with Jesus. Mm. So they can use it. And that's, this is coming from experience from me as well. Like, there's been times where I think, oh, like I should get myself out there or make myself available at least. But actually, 
I didn't need to do that because really I was just distracting myself from just focusing on what I needed to focus on. And that was God and getting healing and getting mm. restored for when the time eventually did come or when it does come. Yeah. Um, I really like the sort of, you know, and I think that is my motivation is like, you know, what brings you closer towards God in a relationship and something that I think was really important to me in when I was dating non-Christians and talking this through with people was sort of coming to the realization that God isn't just in Christians, like, you know, God is in everyone. Uh, and you can still, you know, there's aspects of God in everyone, whether they, you know, acknowledge that or not. Um, so like, for instance, one of the, it was a really short relationship I had with someone who had a different faith. Um, and I think back on it all the time and some of the conversations I had in that are some of the conversations that um, have like influenced my own faith the most and really helped me grow in my own faith from like a two week relationship. I think that a lot of people would be scared off dating someone from another faith and I would maybe mm. question that because I think there are things we can learn from each other and if that is the aim to sort of, you know, help each other learn and get closer to God through relationship, which to me is the idea, um, then that can be from anyone. Uh, but there is also, yeah. you know, caution to be taken. No, I like the idea that, like, I totally agree that you, you, that um, God is at work in everyone. And um, a lot of the time when I've been speaking to some of my friends that are non-Christian, like they've spoken to me in ways that could only have been God speaking through them without them even being aware. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's, um, I, yeah, I, like I, like I was very open to the idea of dating a non-Christian, um, but just it just totally had to be that my calling would not at all be compromised. And I guess that comes back to Ben, um, other Ben's <laughs> like thing about having like, what are your non-negotiables? And um, for me, if I wasn't able to speak completely openly about how, mm. how much I love Jesus and how much that's really important to me, um, and if that wasn't supported, then like that was a non-negotiable um, for me. So I guess like you, I think that's a really great idea to work out like what are the things that are really important to your life. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I feel sometimes I... well. Sorry, I don't mean to like cut in there. No, go ahead. That, like we don't even realise, and I'm talking about like all Christians or just just really vast, but we don't like God has such a big plan for our lives and sometimes we can just settle for such less than what his best is for us and mm. yes you can be with a non-christian and i'm not saying that they're not great and they're not a great person but god might have someone specific for you that's just going to add to everything and it's like i know that when i die i don't want god to show me like look this is the life that you could have lived had you'd have been obedient and just waited and listened um but this is what you kind of settled for. Um, and it doesn't mean that God won't be in it and there won't be blessings and that his power won't show and things like that. But yeah, it's just kind of like having that personal relationship with God and um, just, yeah, not, not settling for anything less than his best. <laughs> so you bring up an interesting point, Ellie. So do we encourage people to wait for the Christian? But what happens if you fall for the non-Christian? Because I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm 100% with you, Ellie. I think 
I think there is an, an element of God's working in our lives that will be fuller if we are married to a Christian. I, I just believe that completely. But actually, I'm aware also the reality is that when you fall for someone, <laughs> that yeah, is the first thing. Yeah. That's not the first thing that comes into mind. So do you sort of have to say, you know, have any of us fallen in love but known that this isn't the one we should be marrying? So therefore, the hardest thing you can do is turning your back on that and saying, I'm going to wait. So for me, I don't think I was ever in love before, but actually I had to wait till I was 38 to marry Kirsty, which what was far from straightforward, you know, it wasn't easy, but there is that sense of now I'm in it. I, I can't imagine any other decision being as perfect as the one I'm in now, you know? And so I think, I wonder whether you said the shortcut to happiness is maybe something that people take because it's there and it's, it happens rather than saying, actually, is this the best thing? am I going to say no to something that many people would think would be really good for something that is much better? Um, I'm sorry. Oh. My phone alarm just went off. I hope that didn't disrupt the podcast. We'll just Ruined. delete everything Louise has said. <laughs> yeah, let's start over. I think now is probably a good time. I thought it leads on quite naturally to chat about singleness and the joy of that talking about like waiting and everything mm. uh and particularly how that you know i think in like 20 somethings in the church singleness and 30 somethings to be fair uh i think singleness is treated very specifically uh yeah and i think just generally being a single person in the church outside of thinking about relationships is a weird experience like personally i think you know as you get older, you kind of get pushed into the group of people that are like mostly married people. And I'm like, I don't really want to just hang out with married people, you know? Mm. Uh, we're really cool, by the way. Yeah. Mike and Kirsty are obviously the exception to this rule. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I do wonder, does anybody else in their churches, but if you say moving into your 30s and you're single, everyone has this sort of tone of what's wrong with you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Thirty is the new twenty. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Are you hedging your bets, Ellie, to give yourself a lot of years? It is. It is. I'm pro I'm getting closer to thirty, and I'm. Re I actually genuinely, I'm not even just saying it for face value. <laughs> you know, I feel more like established than I ever did in my twenties. Mm -hmm. And how does your church treat you as a single? A normal human being, as they should. <laughs> Well, as they should, I agree with that. But <laughs> um, well, my my church is really, really small. Um, but my church is very big on, like, just purpose. And like, my purpose isn't to be. No, it is a little bit small. Sorry, Cummins getting involved. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's just all about purpose and not focusing on. I don't know. I just always think about Paul as well. He always said, didn't he? It's like your attention's divided and. It's only really now that I'm kind of getting into that place where I can really actually understand it and grasp it. For I was in a really long relationship from 16 to 23 um, with a non-Christian. I became a Christian in that time. I thought I loved him. I had my son with him. I thought we were going to get married and all this like sunshine and rainbows. 
Um, but then I met God and for the first two years of being single, I was convinced I, I want to be in a relationship with God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, but God was mm. like, no. And I've been so, so thankful that he said no for this long. Yeah. Because now I really understand how fruitful and how enjoyable it is to be single. And to the point that I know eventually that a relationship is going to come. And before I used to try and rush it and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. But now I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm enjoying this. And mm. I'm enjoying not having my attention divided and just doing my own thing but which is not my own thing because obviously it's led by Jesus mostly but, um but yeah I don't know if that answers the question that's a good point mm. really helpful yeah I feel um, like I, that I've got two things that maybe come to mind when I think about singleness and I guess like there's the whole how you're treated in the church and then there's also like just the general, how am I feeling personally about the fact that, that I'm single at certain times? I'm not single anymore, but I was. And I think, um, yeah, like I think I was single in quite a big church when I was a student, when quite a lot of other people were single. So generally, like, it didn't feel like too much of a big deal um, when I was. But I mean, obviously, everyone's starting to get into relationships around you. And it can feel I think the main thing that I used to find really sad was that you just feel like you're not attractive, don't you when you feel like everyone's getting into relationships, and you're not. So I think it's just in those times, it's about um, really just speaking kindness over yourself and just being like, actually, I'm, I'm made by God, I'm made for a relationship with friends, I'm made for a relationship in really beautiful ways. Um, just because someone isn't with me. That's not not true. Um, so I think it's about just trying to uh, like where the world says if you're not in a relationship you're not attractive and you're not complete it's just about like saying the complete opposite over yourself and I remember every day I would sort of have to I used to I wrote little hearts around my mirror with all the things that potentially a boyfriend would say to you but I'd be like no God's saying this about me and I think <laughs> that's really cheesy and from a rom-com but I think that's really important to um to not feel like you're like incomplete and like just to like speak that into your eyes <laughs> and, tell, and tell yourself that you are beautiful and loved and um can change the world even as a single person yeah do you want to say something Dan? yeah i was just gonna add that i feel like and this was something i think we went to a youthscape conference thingy and listened about this something that massively was gets overlooked in the singleness conversation is this idea that the singleness in itself is like a gift and a calling for some people and you know yeah. I do think that there is that attitude I think if you're like a 20 something in the church your friends who maybe they were single like a week before they get into a relationship and the first thing they do is try and set you up on like eight dates with people they know <laughs> and it's like once they're in a relationship everyone else needs to be in a relationship <laughs> and I think for me like because I had this whole like spate of two or three week relationships and I was thinking why does this keep happening essentially and then mm. the thing i felt was like actually i don't think it's my goal for my life but for this period of my life i do think i'm just called to stay single and you know i think that that's maybe not seen as valid sometimes in the church <laughs> uh, yeah i was just gonna say like sometimes um like other people in the church they want you to get married because they feel like you're missing out on something um and that's such a wrong um, mentality to have. Um, and there's been, I think, quite a few churches I've been a part of. They've always kind of like encouraged me to to be in a relationship. Um, but like, since my gap year, when I turned 18, 
um i've basically been single for the whole time i had like one relationship a couple of years ago but other than that i've been single and it's just i've had the greatest time ever (laughs) and it's amazing Mm. um yeah Mm. yeah i think i remember i like i got i mean i went through ups and downs of being like completely fine and then being really upset about being single um over the last like five six years but um there were times when I, when I was in a really healthy space where I would be like, the person that I meet has to be bloody awesome for me to like not be single because I'm really enjoying being single mm. and they have to be like perfect really for me to want to like give up this freedom and what I can do as a single person. And um, like, I felt like, I feel like you do have to sacrifice stuff when you're in a relationship. So you've got to like yeah. think, do I want to sacrifice my singleness for this person? And I think that's a really healthy way to um, um, think about getting into a relationship. Mm. And it's like, I will say as well, it's, it's pick your challenges because both sides, it's singleness, you'll have your challenges, obviously like you've got that whole like loneliness, sometimes it happens. And, but even in a relationship, that's gonna have challenges too. It's not, you get together and everything's mm. great. It's got, it's its own set of troubles. So it's just kind of- Yeah. Different. Yeah, I think a good thing about being single from from my experience is like when you set aside time to really like um see singleness as a gift and you start to explore like what it is to be to be ben nichols um like you you start to realize to what it means to be yeah. Skinny <laughs> jeans. Um, yeah skinny, skinny <laughs> jeans that's all it is um like once i completely lost my train of thought <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but, but um what it means to be ben nichols <laughs> yeah, um, you st- <laughs> you- I'm a three-dimensional person. I have more than my genes. <laughs> yeah, um, but but you do you you pick up on red flags a lot quicker, um, and um, you you pick up on what is right and what is wrong when you know who you are as a single person. Um, and it's been so many times where I've picked up on red flags because I've been mm. intentionally single, um, and it's probably saved me from some really unhealthy relationships. Mm. Yeah. I I was just doing writing a little while ago and I was trying to remember what it was like being sort of growing up. I remember our youth worker sort of carried on being part of our church when we went into our 20s. And I remember being really just peed off at the world of going to these weddings after weddings after weddings uh, through my 20s and just being just complete. You know, I was... I was, I'd be like shouting at weddings. I'd be such a crunky man about, you know, if I'm going to be unhappy, everyone's going to be unhappy. <laughs> That's all. And I remember my youth worker, and I must have been mid, late 20s. And my youth worker from when I was a teenager took me aside. And it sounds really cheesy, but it was really interesting. I wrote it in a, something I'm writing about a year ago. And she said, you won't find anyone until you're content with who you are. Mm. And, at the time, I just hated her even more. <laughs> but I was still angry about the fact that I wasn't married. But it's really interesting, reflecting back on it, it was probably one of the greatest nuggets of wisdom. Because mm. it was like, the reason I wanted to get married, because I thought I wasn't complete. There was something wrong with me. And that goes back to what Louise was saying. It was like, I'm, I can't achieve in life until I've got a, ma- a, a, pers- a married partner. I can't do this. And it was like this bit missing. And I think now the wisdom is, if I tell anyone, is that actually God does. I mean, we've been talking about the two most significant people in the New Testament, 
both single men, you know, that, yeah. and, we, and we've got to realize that actually God speaks about in his word about singleness a lot. And so actually we mustn't have this whole, when you get, when you get there, you've arrived when you get married and you're mm. a proper Christian and you're a proper grown up in the church. Cause mm. I think, you know, it's, po it's poisonous to 20 somethings, but it's poisonous to kids because they think actually today is a sense of I'm not right if I'm not in it. Um, yeah. But it took me years to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as, a, as a 21 year old, I've been asked multiple times, essentially like, are you just not gonna get married? And it's like, I'm 21. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to yet. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I've got some time, I think. Uh, I'd hope yeah. so anyway. But My like, dad's it, questions, honestly, they wind me up. So the thing is, I'm not even bothered about being single, but as soon as he asks me, I just something in me, no, stop asking me. Stop, mm. stop asking no, me. I, I feel like I always want to go the other way when people ask me and it's like, no, I don't want to get married and I never will, like, <laughs> you know. But yeah. it's not that, it's just, I think there is such a like, you know, it almost feels a little bit cult, like there's the little mm. subsection of church with of like the married people. And yeah. the, you know, it's like the Narnia, nobody can go beyond the veil if you're yeah. not married. <laughs> I think it's also hard for young people today because we're in like a world where you don't get married until you're in, in your like thirties now, where you don't really like settle down until you're like way older. Um, and like often like don't even get married. And then in the Christian world, you get married like in your early twenties. Like I know Amy, my sister struggled with a lot of like judgment from her non-Christian friends for getting married at like 21. Like they were like, that's crazy. Like, what are you doing? And I think, so I think um, it's really like, it's really important to know just to, just to not like rush into it because you are like it's you're like oh, yeah I don't know I just feel like it's important to acknowledge the fact that it's really hard for our generation because you do feel torn between these two things like the church saying you need to get married now and then like your friends that aren't Christian being like oh you're like young and free you've got so much time and I think yeah it's just really difficult like you're torn between these two really strong strong voices I think that's why it's really important yeah. to know who you are and what's good for your calling and your purpose yeah. So what, what is the wisdom we want to sort of, I know Ben, you might have another question, but the sort of wisdom we want to drop. So if, say you had your small group around your house tonight, you know, forget social distancing and all that, you know, say you've yeah. got your small group of six to eight boys or girls coming around tonight and your topic is this and you've got a captive, or they've not got their phones on, they're going to breathe in every word you say, mm. which they probably do anyway. Um, <laughs> But what are the what are the sort of conversations or the thoughts that you want them to go away and almost ruminate on? Because I'm trying to avoid, even as I get older as a youth worker, not to say this is what I think you need to do this, and and try and have the conversation of look. I think God sometimes leads us here, and almost allow them to almost work out their salvation with fear and trembling it's this sort of we have to wrestle our faith out it isn't here's the question there's the answer have a nice day it's almost like so what are the thoughts we want to leave them with to help them navigate this minefield that is dating in a way that doesn't cause long-term damage mm. either your soul or your faith or anybody else's um I think probably it'd give you time to think. I think the one for me is still really good, which 
probably moves through every stage of life is to have some sort of accountability. So if you start dating, mm. is there someone older, whether that's a single person or a married couple that can pray for you, help you navigate that rather than it be, you know, those embarrassing things. We're going to talk about dating in the youth group where the two or three of them are dating and everyone else is single. So during these questions, everyone turns around and looks at the two or three dating <laughs> ones. You know, mm. is, it, is it better to say, actually, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about marriage or love. And then actually those that are dating, there's, there's Doreen and Arthur who have been married 65 years and they'd love to invite you around for tea and talk about that. Or, you know, there's a couple of 20-somethings that have just got married. And they'd love to have you around for supper because they, they've just gone through it themselves pretty much. And I wonder whether that for me is a, a real thing of actually not, you know, you've been dating a week, so let's set you up with an accountability group. But actually, you've been dating for someone for six, eight, ten months, a year. Is there someone that can do a bit of life with you and help you navigate what that means? Yeah. That'd be my thought, I mean. Me personally, I'm just thinking about like the girls that I would like come across in my groups. But and I think even just before this, when you asked me, Mike, like the first verse that came to my mind when talking about dating was Jeremiah 17 9, and that is the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And it's funny because it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, you should date a Christian, you should date a non-Christian, all of this stuff. My question to them, to all young people would be, does God really want you to be in this relationship? Because that's what it always ultimately comes down to. Um, and just that verse is, and I feel like that verse basically sums up Disney. In all Disney films, <laughs> go follow your heart, go follow your feelings, your emotions, whatever your heart is telling you to do, go and do it. But but yeah, as youth leaders, I think we need to make it perfectly clear is no, don't listen to your emotions, listen to God. And if you're struggling, yeah. I can help you and we can pray together and we can seek God on the answer. But if God does not want to be in that, to, for you to be in that relationship, then there you, go. you have a choice to make <laughs> and it's your choice. You can choose to stay in it if you want to, but just know, you know, we all have a choice. Yeah, yeah, I think um, on the Disney thing, I always enjoy it, like, because I was reading something from my course on it, that basically someone had set up the idea that most Disney films end with people getting married, when in reality, at that point, they should probably be going on a first date, you know, like, <laughs> because yeah. they've interacted once or twice, they think <laughs> they like each other, and it's like, yeah, let's ship them off and get married. So, yeah, <laughs> I do like the yeah. Disney analogy. Ellie, that's spot on. That's really sharp. Like whenever, whenever I sit with Cohen and watch Disney films, I just make sure, like, I, I'm sat there and I'm like, no, Cohen, we don't listen to our feelings. We listen to you. And he's like, God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm. Benjamin, Louise, any thoughts for your youth group tonight you're meeting with? <laughs> Have you got any thoughts, Ben? Or shall I jump in? <laughs> uh, you, I'm still forming mine. You can go. <laughs> still forming mine too but i'll, so, I'll, I'll form them as i speak <laughs> yeah, away, I, Joe. don't touch anything you haven't got over and over shouting that it's really funny amazing 90 percent of mine and mike's role in this podcast is just to 
make up things whilst we're thinking, giving yeah. other people time to think. So, you know. <laughs> Great. Well, I think my thing is, I mean, I guess I've, like, I, like I've been saying it, but just like, just be so, I think the most important thing always is just to like follow God on your own path. And if you, like as Ben said, like really work out who you are as an individual. And then I think, I do think um, I'm a real big advocate for like low stakes dating like it's okay to go on lots of dates and work at like first dates and work out straight away you don't like them and move like I think as soon as you go on a date in the church can really like jump on that and be like your relationships is amazing but it's totally okay just to go for a drink with someone and then be like no actually I can't see this working and then end it and move on like I think as soon as you jump into something and say like this is a relationship I think that makes it very intense and scary but I think if you really know who you are and what you want to do with your life and with Jesus um I think that, like as Ben said, you can then like pick up on red flags really easily when you're on dates. You can be like, that's not going to work for me or like, this is not going to work um, for what I feel like God's called for me. Um, yeah, and then speaking from it, like, I guess having got into a relationship, like it was really clear to me that um, Johnny is right and does fit with my path at the moment. And I think that's the thing, like it just, I think you've, um, yeah, like just when you know who you are in God and what you want to do with your life, I think it's a lot easier. So I think you've got to prioritize that instead of prioritizing dating and relationships. But um, yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> totally yeah. acknowledge that it's really cool because the world is saying that you should be in a relationship and it's, it's, it's really nice. So I guess it's really like, it's hard. I think it's just, just really work on who you are as a person individually with God, I think would be my advice. Yeah. That's a really good point, Louise, because it's like, yeah, we're, we're not saying that being dating someone's bad, is it? It's actually no, really it, it's to, have, to have company and yeah, yeah. We but forget. also like, I think it's, it's helped me to know that now like Johnny's really great because I can think of all the people that I went on first dates with that I just cringed and I could probably tell you like quite a few awful first date stories that just mm. you just think like oh it's really awkward and that was not right and it helps you to really be like I don't want this in a person and I do want this in a person I like that mm. about them but that was a big red flag so I think you've got like it's totally okay to go on dates in my opinion but just be really clear if you want it to finish <laughs> like just like and you can only like know that if you know yeah. yourself Kirsty and I joked that we had six non-date dates. Yeah. So we went out for lunch and I, I didn't think they were dates and she thought they were dates. <laughs> and it wasn't until we had a date that in my mind was a date, I suddenly realised that I'd been on six dates already. <laughs> That's so really is that why are you going out with someone? You know, yeah. why, is this just, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because you say, I'm going out with a member of the opposite sex for a drink everyone will automatically say oh. yeah. So, yeah. so it's really hard isn't it that actually you should be able to hang out with mates that are you know you're not dating you know mm. they did um once and this was long enough ago and i still know the person they find it funny i'm not just mocking them in the past i did once <laughs> have to break up with someone who i didn't know i was dating because <laughs> they thought we'd been dating for like a month or two <laughs> i thought we were mates uh and that was an interesting conversation That's wow. awkward. but yeah, yeah also touching on that having been someone who had my best friend growing up be Catherine robertson former <laughs> member of the 27 project <laughs> i do think the church needs to chill on if they see 
two people of the opposite sets together. Yeah. I mean, people who know both me and Catherine together could imagine the nightmare of a relationship <laughs> we would have had. Uh, so I do think there's just an element of like, you know, part of being in a good relationship is being able to be friends with people of the opposite sex yeah. and just be like, maybe I can think of you in a non-romantic way as well. What a novel concept. Hmm. I try and think of most people in a non-romantic way, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Ben, with you, Nichols, it's a struggle sometimes. I have <laughs> skinny jeans. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is not just me. You just see a bit of exposed knee out the wrist. <laughs> yeah. Your Victorian sensibilities are fair enough. <laughs> Too much ankle. Yeah. Not I do think. Ankle. But yeah, my, my number one, I think, thing I'd say is for me, because we've talked a lot about knowing someone's right for you, mm. but I also think there's an element of knowing that you're right for the other person, because, yeah. you know, I don't want to just tell another story about me breaking up with someone, but it's relevant. <laughs> uh, just a heartbreaker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was basically dating someone who, they were a very new Christian, and I felt like my mm. sort of role in their faith was actually being more unhelpful than it was helpful. Um, so I do think there is a degree of, you know, whilst you're wanting you to feel like you're progressing in your faith, you also yeah. want to make sure that the person you're dating and in a relationship with is also growing and also, you know, getting yeah. positive things out of that. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think if I, if I was to sit down with my youth group um, tonight and talk about this, um, I would try and be as biblical as I can um, and like the bible has this imagery of like the church marrying Jesus in the revelation um, and so if that's if that's going to be a concept how do we see Jesus loving his church um, and when we look through Jesus's life like we see a lot of like awkward moments like he calls out his church quite a lot um, and like he also gives up his life for the church. Um, and so if we're going to look at it through that perspective um, and keeping it central to loving Jesus, then like, are we ready to sacrifice our lives for, for our significant other? Um, are we prepared for the other, our significant other to call out things that we don't want to be called out? Um, like, are we ready for it to be uncomfortable? Um, and is that someone... Um, the one which we're um, pursuing um, and hopefully um, when we look to Jesus we'll we'll find the right the right path um, so I think that would, that'd be my advice. We're just about hitting the hour mark which surprises me. Uh, does anyone yeah. have any like final thoughts anything that's been in the back of their head? On a first date don't do what? Nice. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't thinking. Oh, yeah. I, I had a friend who went on a first date, a blind date, and the other person bought a mix CD for them. Wow. Oh, that's quite bold. Yeah. On, a, on a first first date, yeah. So I'm like, 
Yeah, that's got too many alarm bells ringing for me. Slightly creepy because that takes yeah. a long time. You've got to download the music onto the CD, and it's just that <laughs> it takes a lot of time. Now it's yeah. just I made you a Spotify playlist, and then <laughs> share yeah, the link. Uh, <laughs> that's the new equivalent. But that's less creepy, Ben, isn't it? I don't know. I that's think that's creepy cool. too. Mm. <laughs> I don't want anyone making me a personalised Spotify playlist for a first date. I nearly said the phrase mixtape and showed my age. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. you yeah. pulled back cool. actually. It's like, full though, they're vintage. I wouldn't mind a mixtape. But like, Mike no. went with the, yeah. the current uh, reference, <laughs> CD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> CD, the current digital preference in our house. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I have a Spotify playlist made for me, but not on a first date. It was a few uh, days, so less creepy. Was this Johnny? It was Johnny, yeah, yeah. No, I don't still have the playlist someone else. No. Was it a good playlist or was it? Oh, what, sorry? Oh, sorry, that was a load of work. I said, was it a good playlist or was it Oh, well, it's, it's still continuing. He adds new songs nice. like, every day that we see each other. So it's very romantic and, and potentially an overshare, but on it's literally about Spotify playlists. And I know he'll he'll probably play this and if I don't say that he's done that he'll probably be annoyed. <laughs> nice. I like him even more now. <laughs> that is yeah. a cool move. That is a cool move. What other first date no-nos are we going to go for later apart from mixtapes? I mean um, a big one for me is to not go on is not to prepay for tickets to go on a cocoa bean ride at the Cadbury factory which was the first date I went on yeah I was gonna say that seems, that seems quite niche yeah, and quite aimed <laughs> I'm like uh... yes I just want to say that the cocoa bean ride is aimed for five-year-olds and yeah. so we both had to sit individually in our own carriages <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That is brilliant. Oh. Well. He probably meant well. That's so yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I think he thought it would be like a ride, like a roller coaster ride. That's so funny. How old, how old were you, Louise? It was in my final year at uni, so like wow. two and a half years ago. Wow. It could That's have been beautiful. a good story at a wedding if, if it worked out. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> I think that was the red flag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a big, that's, that's serial killer red flag, that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Any, awesome. Ellie, any wisdom? I've not really, like, I've not gone on any dates, like, really, Richard. I know, but you know what you don't want someone to do on a first date. When like, you say, the question, the first thing that came to my mind was just, don't pick your nose. <laughs> like, that yeah, was really. a <laughs> I probably yeah. did that. It's <laughs> a, a low bar, Ellie. Like, that's the first <laughs> thing that came to my head, like, that's, yeah, and then anything other than that, you know, I'm easy. <laughs> Great. Yeah, don't oh, say that. <laughs> um, I think a good shout is if you're going on a date to the cinema, make sure the person knows what the film they're seeing is. Right. And that they know that A Quiet Place is a horror movie and not a rom-com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they were not fine with it. Uh, wow. I, on that, I don't think the cinema is a good first date, in my it's opinion. Rubbish. It's awful. You don't spend yeah. any time with each other. Yeah, that was like a second or third date. Or you can eat buffet is a good first date. Yeah. Because you can find out what they can put away and what their favourite food is without having to buy a load of it. <laughs> yeah. If they keep oh, going back right. for the satay chicken, you know, satay chicken's a winner. If they're going to stop picking up volivants, you're like, I'm having nothing to do with you. Because you're from Harpenden or something like that. It has to be a good buffet place, though, because you yeah. get really rough ones, and I was yeah. happy with that. Like, I like yeah. good food, not... Yeah. Mm. A decent, a decent like, 
was it the Korean barbecue type thing, all those sort of things? Yeah, great shout, Mike. Great first day yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, good, I, I don't think I've ever been on any, I've not been on a lot of first dates, clearly. So <laughs> not for a while anyway. <laughs> I think I have two two restraining order dates and then a third desperation. <laughs> Amazing. And then I I got those stories. <laughs> the classic story. Okay. Well, I feel like I could chat to you guys for ages, but we've yeah. been chatting for like an hour and that's quite a long time to do a podcast. Uh, yeah. So, probably bring it home. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, if you have any embarrassing dating stories, hit us up because yeah, that's good fun. Oh, yeah, I love a good embarrassing story. Yeah. yeah. And then now, because now it's like a call out if there's nothing that follows this. Now we'll have Mike's one minute review of about time that he's promised us he'll do. And it'll yeah, be edited in right here. Bye. He did not do it. Shame.